whoever's listening, guys, welcome back and welcome to another episode of the Man with a Plan podcast. Earlier in an earlier past episode, I said we have a string of guests that I am so excited about. And today we're going to get to meet a couple of them. If you're a fan of this podcast, two years ago, I did an interview with Bo Collins and his dad and everyone just loved it. It was a blast. It was great interaction. And I had to figure out a way to replicate that again. And today we're going to do just that with Ronan Hannafin, Clemson wide receiver and his father, Dan Hannafin. Guys, welcome to the show. How are y'all doing? Good. Thank you for having us. Doing great, Grayson. Thanks for having us. This is uh, this is going to be a fun night. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So the thing I like to do with all of our guests, and I think we're going to get into a lot of great stories, a lot of great uh, just memories, maybe go down a couple of uh, lanes there. But we're going to start with Ronan with your football career, just how you got into it. Uh, I know that, uh, Dan, in the conversations you've had, that Ronan's kind of a daredevil. So did that play it all into his start with football, just what was that journey like for the both of you? Dad, you go first. Well, um, I remember watching, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there was a video, there was like a VHS video. You're probably too young for the VHS videos, <laughs> Grayson, but um, back in those like those those days of those big VHS tapes, there was a video called The Crunch Course, um, and it was an NFL Films video, and it highlighted guys like Lawrence Taylor and um, – Walter Payton and things like that. And I, I, I about wore out that tape when I was young and in, in, you know, uh, younger years in high school and things like that, watching that film. But I, I'll, I'll never forget Bill Parcells was quoted in there and he talked about how, when um, you have a, a puppy and the puppy bites when it's young and you can't cure them of it. And then as they get a little bit older, it continues to bite and you can't cure them of it. Chances are when that puppy becomes a, uh, a, a full grown dog, it's going to bite. And that's about the story of Ronan. Ronan was um, that puppy that just always had that bite in him. Um, we would do some things, some cool things around the house um, with all the boys. We have five sons. Um, Ronan has an older brother, Shane, uh, that's at Boston College. He plays there. And then Ronan and he has, uh, Ronan has three younger brothers, Charlie, Daniel, and Eli. But we would do cool things around the house um, uh, when they were young. And we had, uh, we were doing some, some work on the house. We had a room that was empty. And we used it as kind of a big, big playroom. It was basically a mat room. So we would uh, play the game. I'm sure Ronan remembers this, uh, the game Hurricane. So I would sit on the floor and I would hold a football or, or a bag or a pillow or something like that. And I'd let the boys take a run at me and, and hit me and kind of teach them how to tackle. And they were young at the time, maybe even, you know, five and six, four and five, whatever. And uh, they would come in and, and tackle and I would kind of rate them on a hurricane scale, one to five. And um, it was always fun. And I'd kind of, you know, goat them into trying to hit, trying trying to tackle and hit harder by giving them a low score. Oh, that was just a, that was a stiff breeze. That was a, uh, <laughs> that was a, uh, just a, a little Zephyr, something like that. And um, it, it wasn't too long before Ronan was full, full blown category five hurricanes coming in, making tackles. So that's kind of where some of that stuff started. And then when he got into football, as soon as he can, as soon as he could at about seven or eight years old, um, he just had a, there was just a little something different about him. He always had some, you know, a little extra gear that he could kick in. He was kind of tenacious when he was coming in for tackles, things like that. So, and he, and he always had this just little, little smirk on his face. You know, the harder the hits were, the, the bigger the smirk was the, you know, the, and it didn't matter whether he was getting tackled or he was tackling somebody else. That's where it started for him. And, um, it's, it's never really changed. He enjoys football. He enjoys the contact. Um, so that's, uh, it's been a, been a lifelong story for him. Ronan, when did you get your first five? What, what was that experience like? Just like I, finally reach the mountaintop of the ratings. Yeah. Um, I can't really remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I probably, I probably was like five or six. Cause we would have like three bedrooms, right? So we'd have like my parents' bedroom. We call it the middle bedroom. And then our old room, which is now the guest bedroom. And we'd open all the doors. So it's just one long hallway. And we start all the way at my bedroom and then run to my parents' bedroom. And it'd be like one long like line where you just run and get all the speed and then hit them. So that, Oh man, that, you were you were prepared for the Oklahoma drill from the start then, weren't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those were fun days. Fun days. I wouldn't dare do that now. <laughs> I'd end up in the hospital. <laughs> so Ronan, for you, is there anything you want to add to that and how like that progressed into when you actually put the pads on? No, besides telling people, watch out, I've done the mat drill at my own home. Mm -hmm. you, uh, how did that journey start for you, especially growing into the the sport? Yeah, um, 
Well, I kind of always like, I think my dad would say the same thing or he kind of tried to get me to be QB first, um, me and my older brother. And then I didn't really just want to listen. I kind of just wanted to, I, I was either like running back or catching the ball for my older brother, who is now obviously still a quarterback um, at BC. So it was really cool just having that connection with him. Um, I kind of always played up a year, so we would just be able to play with each other. Um, so it was cool just having like, from what was it E team Pop Warner to high school, we were on the same team all years, so it was cool. And when I got a, t- a chance to take a look at your film, whenever you initially committed to Clemson, because the thing that really struck out to me, when people that told me was, "Oh, this kid's multiple positions, versatile athlete." A couple hard hits there on the film of just like the oh, this this is that crush zone that your dad was talking about. But talk to me about that willingness to play both positions how do you think that helped when it came to recruiting and being like hey yeah. I can play multiple positions I understand the game at a different level than most yeah I mean that definitely helps just being able to like especially at wide receiver like I played corner my freshman year of high school which is kind of weird looking back on um but definitely helps just like just being able to know what a corner's thinking and how to beat them through that you know what I mean so uh definitely helps playing both sides of the ball all positions you can at a young age Absolutely. So when we get to the recruiting side of this and the thing that was interesting, and I looked back at the podcast with Bo and his dad, and I'm sure the answer is going to be drastically different when I talk about recruiting. And Dan, I'd love for you to start with this. Just talk about from your perspective with Ronan growing up in high school as NIL and this new world of college football becomes this thing. What was this process like for both of you? We'll get to Ronan from your perspective on this process before we get to why Clemson, but how different were your expectations? Maybe a little different. Did it ever come into the conversation? If you're comfortable with answering that, like, how did people pitch to you? Maybe being like, "Hey, this is where you can maximize this or that." And what was your, just a, re- a general reaction to that process? Yeah, it was it was very different. I think um, when we first got into it, or with with Ronan, and we had um, you know a little bit of a year lead time with his older brother Shane. In a, in a similar process or, or, or you know, close to it. Um, Ronan kind of hit a little bit of a different level um, at some point where they started, you know, the offers started coming kind of fast and furious. So it was just as it is still now surreal. This whole, this whole thing is surreal to watch your, your, your son, your, your kids out on, uh, you know, the, the field in front of 80 plus thousand people is surreal. I don't, it, it's, that's never going to not be surreal for me. So at the time when some of these offers were coming in, you know, I, I knew I, I knew as a dad, like their their talent level and particularly Ronan's, but it still is surprising. So we were lucky and very, very fortunate, actually, to have um, Mike Willie, who was Ronan's and Shane's uh, high school football coach at Buckingham Brown and Nichols in Massachusetts um, as their coach. He I, I don't think I've ever seen or heard of anybody in a high school setting, particularly in our area, who does a better job linking in with college coaches and understanding the lay of the land um, like he does. Um, and it was great to have him as an advisor um, through the entire process. So that that really was was a huge benefit to us. But seeing as this process started to, to unfold, um, that was at the same time, the NIL changes were starting to come into effect. Um, the transfer portal was starting to open up and come into effect. So I don't know if anybody really knew what to expect. Um, I, we certainly, we certainly didn't, um, the world of NIL, you know, I, I, I was in played college football a million years ago and there was no such thing. It was, you know, not even close. So that was a completely different world for us there. And, and I really didn't know, how to advise Ronan on that initially. So we talked and we did our research and talked to a lot of different people. Um, you know, but again, we, we kept coming back to, um, their, their high school coach. Um, and then also I, I was fortunate enough to know some people in the field. Uh, football is a very small world <laughs> and over time it, it gets, it gets even smaller. It's amazing. The same names keep kind of coming up and it, it's, you know, there's six degrees of separation between Kevin Bacon and everybody else, but I think there's like two degrees of separation between everybody in football. So um, those things, we, we had the benefit of talking to some people, but the, the, the thing that we ultimately got to, and this is what I think I ended up, my wife and I talked to Ronan about is 
we did not want to make it want him to make a decision based on any type of monetary compensation like the the idea of going and getting you know the the, the blessing of going and getting a free education you know in a top-notch education at that um and the ability to kind of have all of the different benefits that they have already um whether it's the training facilities the um you know the, the strength and conditioning program that they have the 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 training table and and um meal program that they have uh books and resources to help them academically all of those things um come in you know room and board and all those things come with a price and that's the price that the the school pays to have you know somebody like Ronan come and play for them so that was never lost on us um and I think when it came to the NIL stuff, I eventually got to the point where my wife and I both talked about this and we talked about it with Ronan and I talked about it with his high school coach. We didn't want to have those conversations of NIL um, early on in that process. And even, you know, well into the process, we didn't want to have those conversations. We, we kind of actually avoided having those conversations at all because, you know, it, Ronan's a very mature kid. He's he, or young man. He's um, uh, uh, I think got his head on his shoulders, but every young man you know can can sometimes be swayed by a shiny thing you know um and we didn't want that for him we wanted to make wanted him to make a good mature decision based on what was important in life his faith his you know his family what would be his football family obviously the football x's and o's part of it um and very important to us were the people that were not only coaching in the program but surrounding the program and the people that he was going to be with for you know the next at least four years, you know? So that was the, what we thought about it in NIL initially is we didn't want to have those conversations. We wanted it to be separate from the initial talks. Yeah. And I think with college football, that's tough today. Sometimes be able to separate is, the two and yeah. how things progress. Anything you want to add to that running with that process? Um, yeah. I mean, pretty much what I all just said, I just don't want anything to like kind of just sway my decision with something that was like my dad said, just monetary. Um, and, you know, if you're if you're playing good on the field, those things will come. So I wasn't really worried about that. Yeah. So when it comes to Clemson, uh, we'll talk about the process and just kind of how Dabo works into it. But Ronald, I'd love to hear from you. Just it's interesting to be able to talk to us. You're the first Massachusetts recruit since Christian Wilkins to come to Clemson. And what was the perception of Clemson? It's obviously it's, a, it's from Boston, I guess, to Clemson. It's a completely different world. And so the national prominence that Clemson obviously has now compared to maybe when Wilkins was being recruited, what was that perception like? And what was the initial talks with Clemson, I guess? What led you and what drew you to get your attention? Because you had offers from all the big schools, Notre Dame, Alabama, LSU. We could go on and on and on. But what drew you to Clemson and what were those initial conversations like? Yeah, actually, like thinking back to it, I didn't even really like I wouldn't say not think about Clemson, but like back in like their early national championship, like 2016, 2017, 2018, like I wasn't even really thinking about like that could be like a really option for me. Um, just based on the fact that like uh, we weren't growing up as Clemson fans um, from like the Northeast. It's not that common to see some of the Clemson gear around. So, um, but then, you know, going through the recruiting process, uh, I came to the school, I think, I don't know if it was 2021 or 2022. One of those springs, um, I think it was two years ago, that, you know, we would visit. We were doing, like, our trips and stuff, and we were rolling into town, and you see, like, the Tiger Paws on the road. It's it a cool place, so it was good to see all the coaches and stuff. They're obviously all great guys, and um, Coach Sweeney does a great job with all that stuff. So. And something that uh, we relay with this podcast with Bo's father, he told me how involved Dabo was in the recruiting process and how honest – he was through that process. Can you kind of, and either of you two can speak on that. We can start with you, uh, Dan, on that is how involved does Dabo get into that process? And sometimes it may just come down to a position coach. Sometimes it may come down to this, come speaking to one guy, but it feels like it's different when it comes to Clemson's recruiting. What, what, what were those conversations like? And can you speak to that level that Dabo, the personality that Dabo brings to the, the table when he tries to pitch your son at Clemson? Oh, definitely. So, um, I think for me, going kind of going back to the, that last question that you asked Ronan, um, you know, when we were watching those national championships and things, and we were watching those games, Coach Sweeney was, I think, the face of the program. Like you had, 
incredible players and um you know they're, they're that that continues to roll you know there's these incredible names that continue on into the nfl and all those things all the names that we know but at the heart of that whole thing was coach sweeney and i think he you know it's clear that he was building something that was very special but he was also very special and there's sometimes when you know an institution or a place can um you know it sort of sort of be at the heart of it but I think um, for me, I know for me initially, it was Coach Sweeney, um, just his refreshing way of talking. You know, he didn't he didn't pull any punches. He talked about his faith. He talked about how important family was. He talked about the building of a family and a program from from Clemson. And it was through Coach Sweeney that we kind of got to know Clemson. Right. So um, I don't know if it was initially the idea of South Carolina and Clemson as much as it was Coach Sweeney back in those early days. And I always was very, um, you know, appreciative of that and kind of we talked through the the Clemson idea back then in those early days when they were young and even early on and before they even hit high school but then um as the this this opportunity arose and whoever thought it would have been a, a possibility it wasn't us at the time you know I, we weren't it wasn't kind of that thought but as it moved forward um coach Sweeney being um at the heart of those discussions we were initially talking with coach Grisham the receivers coach and Ronan's coach now currently coach Grisham and he was carrying on some of those same traits and some of the the incredible um you know the incredible qualities that coach Sweeney has we were seeing in coach Grisham and hearing in coach Grisham and those some of those initial phone calls and things like that that led and it, it was almost a, a very similar message um and it started to everybody that we talked to from Clemson started to develop those same type of of conversations and the same type of thought process and the same type of not talking points, but idea and philosophy. So that was what originally drew us. And I know for me, and also I think that drew Ronan in as well. And, and clearly the success that he had along with his, you know, his ideologies is, is, is pretty incredible. Yeah. And it feels like the honesty, the, the way kind of he runs the ship here can draw a certain crowd and draw certain people to the program. And it's not all about, it feels a little, it's run a little different here, I guess. Oh, easy way to say it. Kind of see, for, go ahead. You can kind of see how that's happening even today. Like, you know, he, he, he takes a lot of heat. Coach Sweeney takes a lot of heat from, from different places. You know, you can hear that on ESPN and different things. You know, he's taking heat for, for doing it different, but I don't think he's ever shied away from doing it different. Um, I think his, you know, I'd probably tell you, you know, he's not about being the same. He's about trying to do it the right way and the best way he, he knows how. And, it's been obviously pretty good. He's done a good job. So, absolutely. So, Ronan, one thing that really fascinates me about this whole process is that initial commitment. So, I'd love to kind of go through what your mindset is that day when you made that decision. Obviously, not the same day, anything. But, anyways, you make the decision to commit to Clemson. What's that process like with telling the coaching staff and then making that announcement? Uh, and then it leading to signing day. What's that mindset like? And what ultimately in your mind clicked going, okay? this is the place I want to be. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously a long um, process for us. And we were kind of just, I was trying to think of all like the possible scenarios and um, weighing out all like the pros and cons of every school. Um, and obviously came down to just like a couple of schools and it was really tough decision for me for kind of struggling on that for a couple of months. But um, to be honest, I just pray about it a lot. And I just hope God would just lead me in one direction and, um, you know, I think when I did commit, I called, I think it was coach. I think I just FaceTimed coach Sweeney and honestly, I think they're kind of expecting it. They were uh, <laughs> all together with, uh, um, coach Grisham and all the other coaches and stuff. And they were, they were going crazy. It was awesome. It's kind of cr like crazy, you have like a weird, maybe potential connection. If they're in like a public place, you like kind of see like a static, like they're celebrating or something like that. Was it like it's, it's through FaceTime? It feels so surreal to me that it's like, oh, hey, I'm committing to Clemson, by the way. And then you just I know, end the yeah. call. <laughs> it was weird. I know it was like over the phone. And I was like, oh, I just committed to Clemson. I know they're yelling, going crazy on the phone, but yeah, it was really cool. That's awesome, man. So it, with the, we talk in this podcast about the chaos of everything and how there's so many areas and layers to recruitment now but for Ronan and for you and I, I would love to hear your thoughts too Dan 
is what piece of advice would you give to somebody that's in your shoes right now that is deciding where the heck do I go? What the heck is this next stage of my life going to be like? What maybe advice helps you get through it? And what would you say to someone now? I'll go first. Um, yeah, honestly, like what helped me a lot is just praying about it. Um, God's going to lead you in one direction or another, and you just got to kind of roll with it. So I think obviously he landed me at the right spot and um, just weighing out all the pros and cons of every school and really figuring out what's best for, you know, you and your family. So I think that worked for me. Absolutely. Dan? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's it's easy today to get in from my perspective on the other end of this, on the, on the you know, kind of long in the tooth end, right? Um, it's probably easy for young kids and, you know, sometimes families to get caught up in, in, in short-term stuff. And I think, um, you know, we, we got some good advice along the way. And one of the, one of those pieces of advice is don't pick a program for the coaching staff. Cause you never know whether that coaching staff is going to be there. Right. Well, I don't know if I subscribe to that theory all the time, especially given this situation here, because you meet so many great people in football, but you do, I think you have to weigh out what the possibilities are, regardless of whether that coach stays there or not, whether they're going to be there long-term or not. And I think that Ronan did that. It took him a little bit longer to come to the decision. But one of the things that we talked about is when Ronan makes a decision, when, when he was to make a decision, we didn't want him to think about it as, well, I could always jump ship, but I could always do, go somewhere else. That's not kind of how we operate. We, we, we tried to teach, we try to teach all the way through as they're growing up and even still is commitment, commitment to, you know, what you put your name to, you have a commitment to that and you got, you know, play it out good times or bad difficulties, whatever, play it all the way out and work as hard as you can. And you, you can control the things that you can control through hard work through effort. And then ultimately the most important thing is prayer and trusting in God and what his role for you is. So I think we heard that message in concert at Clemson. I think, you know, Ronan, I know Ronan, that was very important to him. I'll give you like one, one quick story. Um, when the day, like we, we had told him he was really, really going back and forth um, over the, the final four schools that he had kind of boiled it down to. And they were all great programs and great schools. So we were, again, surreal that those were the, the remaining bottom four. And one of the things that I told him is, is he's a man of few words, as you can probably tell here. He does, he <laughs> kind of says it straightforward and pretty quickly. But he, you know, I told him, I said, Ro, we're not, we, we don't want you to commit unless you can explain to us why. You know, it's very important that you explain why. And, you know, when you can explain it to us and when you can really kind of kind of give us a full explanation and, and and we understand why you're making the decision that you're making, then, you know, we'll, we'll go and, and trust it. And, and, and then you can commit. And he had some advisors along the way too, um, some, some uncles and, um, and things like that, that, that were in the mix and some friends and other, other, you know, again, coaches and things. So he asked a lot of advice. He was doing a really good job of vetting it out. So one day he sat us down and I remember exactly where we were. We were out on our back patio and he said, I, I've, I've made a decision. And he said, okay, we're going to sit down. And I, I said, you know, he told us that it was going to be Clemson. And I said, okay, why? And he said, I really can't give you any one single reason why he said, but I can tell you that I know if I go to Clemson, I'm going to leave there a better man. So as a parent, my wife and I looked at each other and said, <laughs> okay, okay, there's no better answer than that. And I think it's true when you, when you look at what those coaches have managed to do in all of them, you know, everybody that's there and not only the coaching staff, but all the support people, all of the, you know, people in Clemson, there's like, you know, that, that thing, there's something in the Hills. And I really, truly believe that. Like we love going down there. We love the people of Clemson. We've kind of, I think Ronan said it in one of his things. He, he, like one of the quotes that he had was, you know, he, he was, um, you know, Clemson football or, or, you know, the football program brought him to Clemson. The people of Clemson kept him there. And I think that's pretty appropriate. He's, he really fell in love with the place and the people. And, you know, just that, that idea of, of it being a place that can grow you into a better person, I think is true. 
Absolutely. And before we get into um year one at Clemson for you, Ronan, I'd love to just hear a quick snippet of because the thing that was most the the biggest storyline, I guess, is was before your freshman year was the hiring of Garrett Riley coming to Clemson. And just for you as a recruit, how did they sort of connect you with that and say, hey, this is the direction we're going? Uh, that Riley's coming in and then he takes an official visit to Massachusetts to come see you. And so what was that process like? I mean, like, oh, this big news. Oh, he's right at my front door. It felt like it happened so quickly. So what was that process like with the hiring and then him coming up to visit you? Yeah, it was honestly really cool. Um, we heard he was going to be the OC and we were all getting, you know, crazy because obviously they just went to the national championship. They had a great year. Um, he's a great coach, just really I kind of feel like he's more my vibe, you know what I mean? Um, just kind of low-key, but just gets to work. And he's, you know, in meetings, he'll be funny and stuff. He'll be lighthearted, but when it's time to work, he'd work and stuff. So um, I really like that about him. And, yeah, a week after he um, was at Clemson, he came right to my house. So that was his first visit, and it was really cool just being able to, you know, talk with him and seeing him in on his journey. And we kind of just welcomed him with a snowball fight, so. <laughs> a snowball fight. Who who won the yeah. snowball fight? I need to hear about this. My little brother Eli. Oh, so what's the strategy he, he there? Threw one, the, he threw uh... one down my back. So, oh, he is, was there, is there a successful strategy there to winning the snowball fight against your offensive coordinator? Um, aim for the head. <laughs> for the head yeah. he, he, earlier in the day, it had snowed, and we were wondering if the flight was going to land in in our area. Um. You know, so so we were kind of it was it was a little bit iffy whether the weather was going to hold out enough for them to get in, but it did. The flight landed, but once once Eli heard that that you know everything was a go, he was out on the deck, the side deck, and um, he's making a row of snowballs <laughs> along the way. So I I knew something was up. I'm like, what are you what are you doing, Eli? And he's like, oh nothing, just just getting ready, <laughs> getting ready for. So he had planned it apparently earlier. So as soon as uh, Coach Grisham, Coach Sweeney and Coach Riley got out of their got out of their car. Um, I think they were amazed with the snow to begin with because they don't see it very much as it is down there. But um, he Eli just kicked it off right right from the jump, and it was a uh, it was an experience for for everybody. I think it's pretty funny. It's like, oh, how was your official visit? Oh, it's cool. I got domed by my offensive coordinator yeah. in the face yeah. by a snowball, but other than that, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, good stuff. stuff. It's a good start, actually. A good build, a good building off point for a player yeah. and a coach. But Ronan, for you, year one at Clemson, it was it's unlike anything I've experienced. I'll say that it was certainly a great, interesting year. Uh, you start four and four, but you build so much momentum in the back half. You beat South Carolina and avenge that loss from twenty twenty two. You cap off wins against Notre Dame, UNC with top three draft pick Drake May, uh, and you go in and win a shootout in the wackiest bowl game that I've ever seen in a long time against Kentucky. So. I would love to start. I know the initial plan, Ronan, was for you to be redshirted, but what was that process like for you to be basically being told, hey, we need you to play every single game. We need yeah. we, we value you so much. We want to sort of change course and change direction. What was that initially like? And then we'll talk more about the process of the season. Yeah, so um, at first I didn't like this was, I think, a couple games in. Um Honestly, the first game I didn't go to Duke and I was like really pissed and I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I can get on the field. So um, I kind of just worked my butt off in practice and try to do whatever I could like on a, um, special teams or scout team, whatever it was, um, to just get out in the field however I can. You know what I mean? Um, so I think a couple weeks went by and I think they were starting to notice it. So they put me up with like against the stars and stuff. And I think I was doing pretty well. So um I got that call. I think it was like right after one of my classes and they said they're going to take my red shirt off and I'm going to be playing primarily special teams for the whole year and, you know, just be ready at receiver. So that's what I did. And I was just studying playbook like crazy. So I could be, you know, whenever they needed me. And so Dan, when you hear that Ronan's going to be one of those gunners on kickoff team, do you, do you get any memories back of a uh, better tell him to get the consistent fives in the, uh, the hurricane category? <laughs> I, I knew he would. Uh, I knew he would come to play, no doubt. Um, again, he's kind of a he. He's 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 not a, a a big rah rah guy. He's he's pretty quiet. He's intense, and you can see it in his face when he when he gets that way. So, um, 
you know, I, I knew we we would we hadn't anticipated going to many games because I think again we thought he was going to redshirt, so we we thought maybe we'd get down to one or two games through the year, but we ended up you know we'd leave Friday night, drive through the night to get down to games and things. Crazy. Crazy. That happened. Drove we and we had an uh, hour drive. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So we we were we were we put a lot of miles and a lot of hours in the car, and we flew down to. And we had a lot of family. Uh, we have a huge family. Um, I'm, I'm the uh, youngest of 11 kids. Wow. And, um, you know, my wife has two siblings as well. So we have family in Pennsylvania and mainly in Massachusetts in this area. But there are so many of his cousins and aunts and uncles and things that there was, you know, tons of people almost at every game. So we, we would travel down and he um, he didn't disappoint. He was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think his, his, um, you know, I, the, the, the kind of the changes in, in, in kickoff and things, I think um, he was waiting for that ball to, 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 to land short of the goal line a few times um, on, on kickoff as he's running down. And, and then, you know, just, just overall, we, we were thrilled to see him out there. It's something surreal to see your son um, on, on that stage and kind of recognizing and realizing all the work and time and effort that he put in along the way is, is come to this. Um, and I'm a huge college football fan. I know up in our area, um, pro sports kind of rule the day up here with the Patriots and, uh, you know, and all those things, but I'm a, I'm a huge college football fan. I always have been. So seeing that stage and seeing the teams that they're playing and, you know, I used to, I used to bleed green, you know, in, in my life with, with Notre Dame being a Irish Catholic guy from, from Boston, and uh, seeing him out on the field playing against Notre Dame on that in that setting was was crazy. And his, one of his best friends is playing on the other side of the ball from him. And just those things were were incredible. So I I you know whether it's special teams or offense, whatever it is, it was uh, it was something to be to to be seen. We my wife and I just kept looking at each other, just smiling and shaking our heads the whole time. So. Absolutely. So Ron, I'd love to hear, and then Dan, I'd love to get your thoughts as well. Uh, just describe the first home game for me. The, I think we, like we talked to Bo and his dad about it. They, they described it as a surreal experience just because they're from California. It's similar to you, not very familiar with the local area, I guess, and how game days operate on Saturday. Um, so take me through that first run down the hill, that first football home football game. Uh, it's always really, regardless of what's going on, it's just a fun environment to be a part of uh, 80,000 people. Yeah. screaming their heads off uh, Ronan what was that experience like as a player their nerves or is it more like oh this is getting me amped up yeah so um yeah coming from Massachusetts like you know hockey kind of rules up there so it's um it was kind of weird just seeing that many people I was used to playing in front of like you know maybe a couple hundred and at most like 1500 people um so going from that to 80,000 running on the hill uh was it was pretty cool um and you know when you get out there and Actually, one of the things I said to myself now that I was like on special teams, I said that every single game I'm gonna knock someone over, knock someone <laughs> on the butt. So, and I did that. So that was part of it. The there you go. We'll we'll ask you about a memorable play in a quick bit here when we do some rapid fire. But Dan, talk to me about that experience as a parent and just Bo's dad got to talk to us about sitting with the other parents and kind of having that camaraderie there. What was that experience like for the first time to really take everything in? Again, I think, you know, if Bo's dad said surreal, I'd say the same thing because that's kind of the only way to describe it is it's it's almost, you know, I'm not going to go as far to say it's an out-of-body experience, but it feels so crazy to be at, in that setting and you look around and you're seeing all the tailgating going on, you're seeing these, you know, tens of thousands of people, you know, so excited and the orange is is overpowering, you know, those days and they, you know, they just finished the new Tiger Walk area which um, we were, it was incredible. You know, the pregame, the, the, all the all the little details and all the little traditions that go into, um, you know, pregame at Clemson make it unique. You know, I remember, you know, watching, vividly watching um, and, and hearing about the the most exciting 25 seconds in sports being that, that you know, that cannon going off and, and the, the team running down the hill. It truly was for watching it from the perspective of a parent sitting in the side, you know, on, on uh, in the stands 
watching that hill and knowing that sun's running down is just bananas. There's really no <laughs> way to describe it. It's crazy. So we loved every second of it. And it was only, you know, in some of those moments, we, we keep saying it over and over again. My wife and I, like, this is the perfect place for him. It is the perfect place. And, in, in, in you know, that happens. That's not just one time or, or three times or five times. It's just over and over again. It is the perfect place. And when you have moments like that, you see how happy he is coming down and you see him, you know, jumping and doing crazy stunts off of the ramp at the, you know, coming down the hill. Yeah. You just know how, how, uh, how, you know, how amazing it is and what an experience it is and how few people truly how few people get to have that experience. So I, I'm, I'm so proud of him and so proud as a parent to, to, to have him in that mix, you know, as I am of all of our kids, you know, our older son chains up at Boston college and that's the same thing. It's, it's a, it's a crazy experience to have your sons reach, you know, the, that that level of success in something at such a young age and how hard they have to work in order to get there that's the, that's the coolest thing is seeing the realization of their hard work yeah and you talked about crazy stunts and i gotta ask you ronan about the picture of you doing the spider-man pose on the hill was that something that you did before and you were like i have to do this for the hill what was the inspiration for that because i i've always worried for the players running down the hill and the coaches is like one false step and it's yeah. It feels like a disaster waiting for it because Dabo runs down there like he's been shot out of a cannon. I'm like, someone's going to fall on their face. I'm surprised no one's done it yet. Do y'all train beforehand? Is there like a practice where y'all just go run down the hill and practice, be like, this is how to do it? And then they see you jumping like Spider Man and everyone's like, Ronan, you're breaking protocol here. Um, Yeah. So I kind of like, you know, you've seen it on TV and it's like, oh, it's a nice little, it's, it's steep. Like I'll tell you, I'll be the first to tell you, it's pretty steep. Um, So, we go out there and the first time I was on the hill, I think was one of our picture days. We were taking our uh, like team pictures and stuff at the rock um, with coach Sweeney. And then after that, you just like, you know, just dog down the hill back to the bus. And it was like, I was like, Jesus is pretty steep, but I'm going to try <laughs> something. Um, so, you know, a couple of kids, like they're just calling me, you know, whatever names. I think my first nickname was like bolt. And then it like, you know, kind of just switched to like, captain america or spider-man or something so i was like i could work with spider-man um so you know captain america was always my favorite superhero but i don't know what really move i could do for him but spider-man is like the easy like that thing so i just kind of tried to work with that and yeah is that going to be the signature go-to every home game now or are you going to try to mix it up next year maybe a different I'll superhero to mix it up. by senior year the goal is to do a front flip so, oh my goodness, you're here to hear first, guys. Senior year, Ronan Hannah, it's gonna do a front flip. Hold on a second here, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> but I think uh, so. I think more than just you, Dan, are gonna have a problem with that, and that's probably on the staff, but yeah. that's not for me to decide. I'm just here to be the middleman. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, your, your mom, as you know, um, yeah, kind of had uh, had a big part, and I think he, his, um, his, you know, the first couple times he came down, he he took a, a little bit of a jump off of the off of the the ramp and then um um his uh you know th that picture kind of you, your mom has this this picture we actually have it hanging in the house um that first picture that she took of him coming down the hill in in his jump so then it just became a thing where she said the next time she's going to see if if he did the same thing and he ended up doing some other kind of crazy jump so it became a sort of a, every home game there was a picture of him coming down the hill crazy so it uh, that probably was some of the inspiration to seeing those pictures yeah, I won't be – so I'll be graduated from Clemson in May, Ronan. So the game that you do the front flip, let me know so I can be there for it. I need to make right. sure that I'm there so I can see this come to reality. This is something else. Perfect. <laughs> so we're going to get one more question, then we're going to get to some rapid-fire stuff and talk some Boston sports. I know I someone someone in my comment section is going to be rolling their eyes about that. But So, yeah. Ronan, this, this season we talked about how it was a roller coaster. It, it wasn't really how – the start certainly wasn't how we all wanted, but I'd love to hear about the week leading up to Notre Dame. Certainly, and we don't have to talk about why, there was a lot of buzz surrounding the, the attitude of the team heading into that Saturday against Notre Dame, and that propelled the buy all the stock you freaking can buy from Dabo, and then y'all go on a five-game win streak, close the season out very strong. But what was that week like? What Was it just all business in the building? Take us through that inside as much as you can share, I guess. Yeah, um, you know, Coach Sweeney always says, like, 
we don't play to like a record. We don't play to like whatever we play to our opponent. We play like we play to a standard. You know what I mean? Um, so whatever the standard is, like you know, we'll play to that standard. So uh, just going to Notre Dame, we're just kind of treating it like any other week. But you know, you to walk around, you see some people are you know a little bit more serious just because they wanted their revenge from last year. Um, obviously didn't leave a good taste in people's mouths. I wasn't on the team, but you can just tell it was a little bit more intense that year. Um, and, you know, just being from Irish Catholic, it was kind of a personal <laughs> game for me too. Um, my best friends on that team and, you know, it was just, I know it was a little, a little bit different, but, you know, it was cool to be able to get out there and get the win. Absolutely. So Dan, was there maybe like phone call you had in that week or was there something that were you just like, man, this is, because I'm sure from the outside, you're, you're seeing the the thing that happened on Monday. We're not going to name what it was. Um, just the this, the buzz of that week. There, I've never heard so much noise surrounding the program than I did in that specific week. And I, I was in the press box first, and I see Dabo walk out onto the hill. And it's usually he's pretty fired up. He's getting people pumped up. Stone cold silence. It took me by so it took me by surprise. I thought, okay, this is going to be something here today. What was that week like for you? Just being like, hey. Is there anything I can say maybe to run into kind of get things going and get things rolling? Yeah, I think, I think it was um, a unique week. I think it was, a, it was, you know, the intensity was there. And I think um, there's a bit of a rivalry that had been obviously kind of created over time. That's, that's been a, uh, been one that you can mark on the calendar over the last few years where there's been a, a difficult, you know, I, I think especially how things went the year before um, I know that, Coach Sweeney, you could tell Coach Sweeney and the rest of the coaches were locked in. And, you know, we're seeing it from a little bit of a distance. But that day, that morning, you know, as you're kind of rolling into the field that day, you could just see and feel that there was an energy there to that game that was even more so. I mean, I think I think it's the best atmosphere in college football is Clemson. Um, And I think um, that day was just electric. You know, it was just something, something else. I'm so glad we were there to to witness it, regardless of whether it was Ronan that was there or not. It would have been an amazing thing, but to have your your son part of that, I think it was just amazing. But I don't, I can't really think to think about any any specific thing, but just you know, seeing again, seeing those, um, seeing the uniforms out on the field, and and seeing him and kind of him turning and and at one point, like a couple times throughout the year he just might've been an opportunity to kind of just glance across the crowd and see and catch us. And I think during that game, we caught, we caught eyes at one point and it was pretty cool. Uh, I remember that being, being something that I'll never forget is just kind of catching his eyes. And I don't know if he saw me, but I it felt, I felt like he, he did and hit him and my wife, you know, the same thing. And we were just, and we had probably 20, I think we had 25 people at the game, like 30 people, that game, 30 yeah. people or something wow. from the family at the game. Um, so it was, that was extra special as well, having that many people there. Now, did you drive from Massachusetts to Clemson for that game or was that a flight? That was one that we had picked out earlier, earlier on. So we we actually flew down for that game. We had, um, you know, and we knew that we'd have a big contingent coming down for it as well. So we had rented out, um, a house on the lake for the whole family and things. It was, it was pretty cool. So we, we knew that was coming a while. We had marked that one early. Absolutely. So we're going to get to some rapid fire and I'll, I'll direct either one to two of you if it's a two person question, but we're going to get started right here. So, excuse me, Ronan, uh, ask you the best play you can remember from this year to your best of your memory. Maybe it was like a, someone was talking trash and you got like a, a one up on them. You, you got the last laugh there or it was just a memorable like, oh, I got to tackle this player, I guess. Um. So I think. Well, I have one my favorite play or not maybe but one of my favorite plays was or it was kind of just funny I guess just I as a receiver I didn't think my first catch would be on special teams um but it was uh, I think it was the Georgia Tech game we were in the purple unis and my first catch was on an onside kick so that was pretty cool most memorable was probably one of the tackles I had um on special teams where I broke my thumb so, you know, that one kind of stuck with me a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Anything for you, Dan, that sticks out that where you just like yeah, can't forget that, about that, it? That same play, he came he came down and made a great, great, great play on a punt, uh, made made the tackle against um North Carolina um in that game. And I think it's the same play that he broke his hand. I didn't know at the time that he had broken his thumb, but I it just was a great play for me. I think the thing that stood out most 
this year for me was um, I think during the Notre Dame game, um, you get you get some some stats after the fact um, team wise, and he had um, was pretty cool. He had the the fastest um, miles per hour, one of the fastest mile per hour um, in the country that that week. But particularly on the field, that whole game between Notre Dame and, and Clemson, he was the fastest player on the field. And seeing that stat was like, wow, you know, I knew he was fast, but that that kind of really stood out. That was a pretty cool thing. I think it was on one of the, um, I think it was on one of the punt coverages. He had reached a speed of like twenty one point seven miles an hour or something like that, which is pretty. That's that's full tilt. So I was very proud of him. I was, was actually. Proud. No, it was, it was on the first kickoff. They said. Oh, was it? I yeah, guess. I was I was amped up. Wow. I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was moving. So that was pretty cool to see as a, as a dad. Like he's, you know, that was. Um, I saw this that stat up against some other things from around the country, and you know, NFL stats and college stats, and that one. Um, his his miles per hour, I think, was up there at the, with the top two or three in the country that week. You know, regardless of whether it's pro or or college football. So that was he was moving. I was, I was all right. Good yeah. stuff. So with y'all being from the Massachusetts area and you guys have seen the hats in the background, my podcast audience watching, I have to ask, uh, is there a, is there a Boston sports event that you've been to and recent memory that's pretty memorable? Is it a championship game? Is it a parade? Just, uh, I guess we'll start with you running. Is there a specific memory that comes to mind for any of those teams? I don't have a Bruins hat, but I should. Yeah. Um, a lot of them. I mean, we went to a bunch of them, you know, growing up, you know, we went to Red Sox, Bruins, um pats obviously and it was just celtics like really cool to just you know being in the title town so um actually most recent was bill belichick's last game um at gillette so that was really cool and we actually started a snowball fight we were on like one of the um cool. upper decks and we started a snowball fight with the lower deck so <laughs> that, was, that was fun uh but i think that was one of the weeks over break so i went with uh my brothers and a couple of my buddies so it was really fun. Did you do the kid? Was there a consensus in the stadium of which section won? Did your section oh, come out no, on top? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Did the high ground. <laughs> so for me, if you're asking the same question for me, I would say, um, you know, being a lifetime, lifelong Bostonian, I don't think there's many things that could beat that 2004 World Series win, mm. that championship. Um, that was crazy for the Red Sox, like being, you know, being on the dry spell that they were on for so long, um, having the Red Sox win, but we've been, we've been blessed with, uh, with pro sports up here. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if there's another, I really don't know if there's another town or city in, in America that could boast the, the, the level of sports that we've had over the years. I think we're, we might be in for a little bit of a dry spell now, but, um, <laughs> we're back. Pretty well, yeah, so, but actually interestingly, um, again, going back to the college sports thing, Tonight is the bean pot. And I know being a Boston sports fan, you know the bean pot with uh the the hockey champion between um BU and BC, um, Harvard and Northeastern all playing down in that that tournament. So BU, the last time I checked earlier, right before we got on, BU was up um two to one in the in the uh in the bean pot. So good stuff there. Good Go stuff. You, yeah. you talk Jane. about the dry spell, though. You're not going to talk about the Celtics, man. Best record in the NBA. It, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so in, actually, as a kid, that was probably my one of my biggest memories as a, as a kid being, you know, being really young was the 86 Celtics championship. My dad, you know, they, they won and then my dad brought me in, worked in Boston. And he brought me into uh, into the parade in there uh, in Boston. That was one of my one of my favorite memories as a kid was the Celtics win. So there we go. Had to find a way to fit it in there. And especially with the, the Boston connection, uh, Ronan. So for you, who do you, is there a game with a player or maybe the, just like a certain style that you model your game after? Um, yeah. Receiver wise, I think, I don't know. I always kind of like Julio Jones just cause you know, lengthiness and just going after the ball. Um, but my favorite probably had to say Jerry Rice. Um, I have a, my dad gave me his, uh, lack of him in his room it's like a huge poster board so we have that hanging on my wall um it says like you know like the nike like just do it mm -hmm. it has him like just did it with his like hands up in the end zone it's cool. pretty sick um that's cool and like you know i have his like highlights and stuff always pulled up and watching him just you know he's a great route runner and receiver obviously so 
um, probably Jerry Rice and, you know, nowadays like Cooper Cup and uh, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson are cool to watch. So, yeah, those guys. So besides the, the front flips, Ronan, can you teach me to do a front flip and a back flip? Because I'm in desperate need of it. There's a pretty embarrassing video of me freshman <laughs> year of high school just whiffing one. I need yeah. I need someone to teach me. I've been actually working on, um, you know, I don't know what they call like a round off back handspring or something, where it's like yeah. the cartwheel into the back flip. <laughs> I've been trying to work on that, but that's the next step. Okay. Well, I, I think <laughs> as long as it's approved, we got to yeah, see it right. down the hill. Yeah. Stop those. <laughs> Go to the, the gymnast for that one. Yeah, right. Might have to. So, Ronan, final question for the show. Clemson gets back to the ACC title and to the college football playoff. Why? Um, Honestly, I think it's just because, you know, I think we're one of the tightest groups in America. Um, we have a good group of guys that are just determined to win at whatever cost it takes. Um, we've had, you know, our good – off-season workout so far, um, leading into match drills. So, you know, we have a lot of leaders emerging on the team. Um, that's pretty cool to see. And, yeah, I think we just have a really tight group. And I think that if we can keep just, you know, pushing each other to get to that next level, that we can be really great. Awesome. Well, guys, you have anything to add before you wrap up? Grayson, I just want to thank you for, for having us on. This was awesome. Uh, pre I always appreciate the opportunity to have. This is probably the longest phone call I've had with Ronan um, <laughs> since he's been at school. We uh, he's Again, he's a man of few words, but he, he, he kept him on for, for however long we've been on now, an hour. This is awesome. So um, this is great. Great opportunity for, for us to kind of talk. I appreciate you having us both on. It's awesome. So um, we we're, we're, couldn't be happier with the situation. And thank you for, for this opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, guys, that was episode 154 of the Man with a Plan podcast with Ronan and Dan Hannafin. Guys, I told you we had a bunch of great guests, and it starts with these two right here. Super pumped about what's to come. Hopefully, we'll have another Clemson athlete on for Friday's episode and be tuned for a sibling podcast in the future. Guys, as always, subscribe if you enjoy what you're listening to. Leave a comment. What was your favorite part about the interview with Ronan and Dan Hannafin? Just let me know. Find me on Twitter, and I'll put Ronan's Twitter in uh, the descriptions you go follow and let you know that i sent you Uh, guys thank you as always for listening have a great day and take care